The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired, to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. I'm here today with Brendan and Justine Schultz and Kath McIntyre. Brendan and Justine live in the Barossa Valley in South Australia. Brendan works as a development services coordinator in the field of planning and development assessment. Justine is a middle school teacher who's currently at home caring for their youngest child and also undertaking relief teaching when the opportunity arises. They have two boys, Regan, age 10, and Lucas, aged 4, and Sophie, who died in a tragic accident beneath a hydraulic massage table in Adelaide in 2009 at the age of 18 months. In memory of Sophie and to help other families and friends of children who've died, Brendan and Justine agreed to participate in a documentary which follows them as they cope with the sudden death of their beautiful daughter and associated coronial inquest. Remembering Sophie gives hope to others struggling with their grief and helps raise awareness of the dangers of height adjustment treatment beds and tables with the aim of saving other children from death or serious injury. Kath McIntyre, the filmmaker who documented Brendan and Justine's experience, holds a Bachelor of Arts Honors in Screen Studies from Flinders University and has worked as an assistant director on over 12 feature films and numerous television series. Kath has produced and directed 14 hours of broadcast factual television and has worked for Channel 4 UK, PBS USA, Film Australia, Network 10, Channel 9, and SBS. After working in production for almost 20 years, Kath went back for a graduate diploma in grief and palliative care counseling from Adelaide University in 2011, then started working as a grief counselor and making films and content involving grief and loss. Welcome, Brendan, Justine, and Kath. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks. Good to have you with me today. I want to start by saying um, I've been um, thinking a lot about the continuation of of relationships, Uh, you know, the the idea of death doesn't end a relationship. And I was so touched by the beginning of your film as you were, Justine, making a birthday cake for Sophie. That's right, yes. That that just seemed... um, uh, the epitome of that continuing um, relationship, yes? Is yes, that- yes. Yeah, um, every year for Sophie's um, birthday, we always, um, we still remember it. Um, we make a cake because she's still a part of our family. The boys, um, 
they love being involved and, you know, we all sing happy birthday to Sophie because she's still part of our family. Absolutely. Was that a natural choice for you or something that evolved over time after after her death? Um, no, natural choice because um, when you suddenly don't have your daughter anymore, you, um, you know, there's a birthday that comes around every year and like any other child, you're always getting ready and I always find, found it extremely difficult leading up to Sophie's birthday and, you know, we should be doing something and we're not, you know, she's not here. So, you know, getting ready, we still get ready for her birthday and we, you know, um, put, you know, blow up balloons because the kids like doing that and, you know, and making a cake and still, you know, she's still a part of our family and we don't want to forget Absolutely. And, um, you know, that that goes against some pressure that people often feel to um, not talk about the person anymore, not to not to bring them up or, uh, you know, your friends or family might feel the pressure not to bring her up. Did you experience any of that? I don't know if it's any different in Australia than the U.S., but um, but I know that can be a terrible wrenching thing for families um, not to be able to talk about someone so important to you I think um people still don't know what to say or if to say something I think a lot of people get concerned about um or if I say it it'll make them upset but like I've always said to my friends I said you know we are we are thrilled if you mention Sophie's name and if we cry it's because we're so touched that you've remembered because people you know they don't want to see you upset and they don't want to um you know, you, they just don't want to cause you any more grief than they know that you're already going through. Yeah, they re- they don't realize you're in an upside down world where, yeah. where having a lot of feelings is perfectly right. Huh? Well, th- yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think I think one of the hardest things too is that uh, when you lose a child, um, not only is the child gone, but but also when um, suddenly people stop stop talking about them, uh, that makes it even harder. Uh, because especially with children, because uh, with family and friends, a, a topic of conversation is always often you know, how are your children going, you know, what are they doing now? And then when you lose a child, uh, not only are you dealing with the loss of a child, but you're also dealing with the fact that a lot of people uh, suddenly uh, don't, obviously that child is is not really much in conversation anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's a hard thing as well. Absolutely. Um Kath, I, I want to bring you into this a little bit. How did you all find each other and decide to decide to work together? Because it's a very um, intimate thing to share publicly in this way, which we'll talk more about later. But how did that all come about? Uh, so I had been through loss myself. I had lost um, both parents very close together, both from terminal illnesses. And um, that's actually what propelled me to go and study grief counselling at Adelaide University. So uh, for me, being through my own loss, I very much wanted to help other people uh, go through the journey and to give them hope and to tell them that they can get through it and uh, to help people in that way. And it just so happens that uh, a friend of mine who is also a grief counsellor was uh, Justine and Brendan's counsellor. Uh, and um, that's actually how we met. 
And uh, so I contacted Justine and Brendan and I went and met them uh, in their home and we discussed it and uh, they were very, very keen to, uh, one, to help other people who have been through grief, uh, to help them in some way and, two, to also get the, the message out there about the, um, the beds Yes, which we we will talk more thoroughly about in a minute. But, um, you know, I you've brought up something that I just hear over and over and over every, almost every week. Um, I came through my own grief and I wanted to help people. Um, you know, uh, nearly every guest that I've had has had some form of that experience, that generous outflow that happens where you want to give back in some way. And that's true for all three of you, yes? Yes, definitely. That's right. Um, I think it was, uh, we found a, a, we were given a unique opportunity to do something positive in Sophie's memory. And that's, that's one of the things when you have a child, you want to uh, do anything you can to keep, to keep them alive and to keep their memory alive. And maybe to, to uh, do all you can to make their life matter. Uh, I can, I'm right. only imagining, imagining not having had that experience, but I could, I could imagine that's part of it too, eh? Oh, that's, that's right. Exactly. It's, it's all about, um, doing whatever you can to, um, to keep them close, I guess, even though they're not here. Mm. Uh, but I'm also, you know, I was imagining myself into, into your, um, circumstance, as I usually do when I'm when I'm uh, you know encountering uh, a loss like that, and I could imagine that even though you had that pro- propelling uh, reason, that being so public might have been rather difficult. Was it also difficult, or was it mostly just um, something that kept Sophie with you and and felt good to you? Um. Justin, you, you and a buddy. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, which one of you wants to answer that? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Well, I think um, you know, the, the media was something at the time because Sophie's accident was so unusual. Um, there was a lot of media attention because of that and obviously there, there was the coronial inquest as well. Um, you know, if we'd been in a situation where our child had, had been uh, died in a, a different fashion. Maybe it's it's not an opportunity that uh, possibly would have come along so easily. But it was the public nature of Sophie's accident, and we knew there was a lot of public interest in in how Sophie died. And and I guess in in a way we just we saw that as um, you know we, we were given that opportunity. This is people have interest in in this in Sophie's story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let let's not let that go to waste, and and do something positive, um, and turn it and and use that media attention to our advantage. Well, also that that speaks to um, actually in the beginning, you you maybe didn't have a choice about being public, uh, if it was in the news and and quite. Um, you know, if it was a story in the news, you you only had a choice about what you made of that. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and we, I still remember getting some great advice when it first happened. They said to us, um, "Don't watch the news. Don't read the newspapers. Um, 
it just, um, I think, and I think that was really good advice because the media will do with it what they want um, and it's extra pressure that you don't need as a parent because you're you're still coming to terms with Sophie's loss and um, and didn't need to read all that extra information um, because the media will have their their view on it and um, and you know we just didn't need that extra pressure. And you were able to stick with that to stay away from the from the news. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, that that you know, you just didn't turn the TV on. And when you first, when it first happened, you know, it's so overwhelming. You you just don't have energy to do anything extra, if you know what I'm saying. We're sure. Trying, we, we had Regan, who was four at the time, so we were caring for him, and um, we were just trying to get through day by day at that point. Yeah, what, minute by minute, maybe second by second, mm. I could yep. imagine for for some of the time. And at, that, how how long was it um, after Sophie's death that you met Kath? Um, I'm trying was, to think. You've got, but I, like, you know what? I reckon it was six months. That Kath was it? Yeah, it was. It was generally it, when the cor- coronial inquiry was just. Starting, uh-huh. really, yeah. and and for American listeners, uh, I think they call that coroner's inquest here, something like yes. that. But yes. that's the that's same sure. thing, yes. Same thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Just I want to make sure that they understand what we're talking about. For yeah, sure. yeah. Um, so that was just very, I you know, I I would consider you babies in grief at that point. You know, that's that's very soon. Yeah, and that that was a big consideration because I knew that Sophie's accident had had a lot of media attention and um, the media will do what they do. And so uh, it was a consideration when I talked to Justine and Brendan about doing the documentary that, you know, that um, uh, my intentions were not the same as the media. My intentions for the film uh were hopefully what their intentions could be as well and that was to help generally help people mm. um and so you know it's very confronting having a documentary crew uh and a camera uh in your family and in your face for almost 12 months we shot for 12 months mm-hmm. we shot nearly every weekend and sometimes during the week um and that's very intrusive into a into a grieving family's world, uh, and so that had to be dealt with very carefully. Well, also, the, you know, if if you had been um, Brendan and Justine, you know, if it had been recommended to stay away from the media, uh, a filmmaker is part of the media, so I'm guessing you had to build some trust together to go forward. Yeah, that that's right. We um, we had actually met Kath. Uh, at another function to do with our son's school a little while beforehand. So we had, had met Kath, but, and then when, when she contacted us, we certainly had to think quite hard about you know, what we were, uh, what we were, you know, I guess expected to, to do as part of, as part of making the documentary. Um, and, you know, we're not, we're fairly private people as well. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but it's and in 
in most instances, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't even think about doing that sort of thing during your, in your whole lifetime. But um, but at the same time, you know, we thought, you know, you know, what positives can come out of this, and, and how can it, you know, how because the, the whole thing was such a, a tragic and, and sad event, and you know, we, we saw it as an opportunity where it's just there could be some some good come out of something so bad. Um, and we're doing it for Sophie as well, uh, you know, in in honour of her. And you know, it's, it's even though she's not here, we're still doing something for her in a way. Absolutely. Uh, and that and that was important to us as well. Well, um, and 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 also not, you know, with the media, not not all the media were. Obviously, there was some media that were, you know, quite. Um, well, they were the media, but. Uh, but there was also some uh, some media that we encountered along the way that were very respectful as well uh, as far as television news goes. Um, uh-huh. And obviously Kath having the, the grief background as well was, you know, very respectful. Um, if it was something where Kath had approached us and she was, you know, pushy about it, uh, then, you know, we probably would have said no straight away, but it was all about Kath's approach as well and, um and that's why we decide to go ahead. I hear you, and it's and it's evident in the film because I really um, saw Sophie as a part of the film, um, well, and, right. and that was a beautiful. I thought a beautiful part of the film that um, it wasn't. It wasn't even just about how you could you know, save other people from what happened, but also who Sophie was and, and how, and, and is in your lives. I thought that was a a very um, touching aspect of the film. For me, it was. I think that was, um, I think we were fortunate with, with all the, the kids I've taken a lot of, um, at that stage it was high video on videotape. And, I, you know, we, I converted that to digital because uh, we just thought it could could add something. Kath agreed that it could add something to the film, even if it was only for a few seconds here and there. The impact of of the video footage is quite significant, and like you said, it uh, brings Sophie uh, into the film and um, gives people a little insight of Sophie as a person, and also makes you all for for my. Uh in, in my heart, makes you all more like all of us. You know, we are all, we're all half a step away from such an experience, and I felt very connected to you watching the film. Yeah, it's it's one of those. I, I guess it's one of those things. That's, and you probably would have heard this before as well. That you hear people say, you know, it always happens to someone else. Uh, but as we all know. Um, that someone else can be us. Mm. Yes, absolutely. And all of us in this conversation have have been there in one way or another. Mm. So that's part of our bond together. It's time for our first break. And when we come back, I, I want to talk a little more about just, you know, what, what happened. Maybe, Kath, you can help me with that. And um, 
how that all wove together to to contribute to the differences that you're making for people. And listeners, you can take these few minutes to go to my host page, tell me your own stories of transformation through loss, and continue the conversation afterwards. You'll also find links to my website and social media on the Good Grief page at Voice America. Remembering Sophie, the film, can be found on the Remember Sophie Facebook page. Be back soon. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is your host, Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking with Brendan and Justine Schultz and Kath McIntyre, whose film Remembering Sophie tells the story of the death of the Schultz 18-month-old daughter Sophie in a terrible accident. Um, I, I don't want to, you know, tread too hard, but I think in order to give listeners kind of a picture of what happened, Kath, can you just... Um, give the bare outline so that people know why Brendan and Justine are working so hard to educate people about these tables? Yes. Um, So Sophie was 18 months old and she was at a, um, uh, with Justine at a um, massage appointment, which Justine had been to many, many times before with the kids. Um, and uh, the uh, massage therapist lowered the table and unfortunately it had a very long uh, sheet over it that went to the floor and uh, Sophie got underneath the table as it was lowered and was um, uh, she did die um, instantly. And uh, so that is what happened. It's a, it was a tragic accident, um, you know, uh, um, a, a different type of accident. Other people might consider, you know, children being uh, um, uh, run over in, in driveways or, you know, drowning in pools. This was a, this was a different type of accident, but, but a, you know, a, 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 um, a terrible tragic accident. And, you know, 
I was I was very very aware this this is especially uh, about you Justine how hard it is to I've had little kids they're grown now but uh, how hard it is to keep your well being going and how natural it would be to take the kids along <laughs> you know oh, well, well that's right I had um, um, Brendan's parents live an hour away um, and my um, I've actually lost both my parents, but mum was still around at the time, but she was, she had terminal cancer and she lived five hours away. So I, you know, it was the only option is the kids have to come with me. And um, the room that we were in had um, toys in it that the kids could play with and they were playing with it on the floor. So um it, um, you know, and we're always, and, you know, as a mum, as you know, we're always checking on the kids, you know, and I'd say to Regan, is Sophie okay? And, you know, be always looking and checking that they were playing and that they were together and they were okay. But in this instant, you know, it was like a split second and, she, and, and um, you know, it, it all happened so very, very fast. I think I, I think we've all been in situations like that where we've all had to take our children to various um, events and appointments with us, and you would never have have thought a situation like that could be dangerous. Absolutely, no. it wouldn't have occurred to me at all. <laughs> no, and 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 these tables don't um, have safety safety mechanisms underneath them, so there's no like if. You know, and some equipment, if an object gets in the way, it cuts out and it doesn't move. That's, it's got nothing like that. Um, Brendan's really good with all the ins and outs, so he might want to say some more. Uh, only really that um, I guess it's, it's one of those things where you, you're in a, in a room that you have, a, I guess, a false sense of security. It's a warm room. It's a clean room. And they're, and they're sitting in the middle of the room is basically a loaded gun, Um uh, and you're just not aware of the dangers. Um, these these beds and tables that they're not only in Australia, they're around the world. Um, not only in massage clinics, they're in you know chiropractic centres, physiotherapy, uh, mm. med- medical centres. Um, a, a little while after Sophie died, I remember going back to work and I said to someone, you know, it would just be a matter of time before we hear about another child being hurt under one of these tables. Yes. And it was only about 12 months later that we read the story of a, a little boy exactly the same age as Sophie who died after getting crushed under a chiropractic table in, in Minnesota, mm. in, in the US over there where you are. Um, yes. So, <laughs> that's my country, uh, yes. <laughs> that, that's right, yes. So, uh, you know, it's... Um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it's, you know, it happened again and I'm sure that it, it will probably happen again. And I guess that's one of the opportunities we saw from the film too. If, if just getting the message out there about these machines can help even just save one child from uh, dying or, or from being seriously injured, uh, then that's a great aim to have. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because I'm a massage lover and, um, I had never seen a hydraulic table like that. Uh, I, I guess uh, uh, at least anywhere I've ever gone, they don't use them in California. Isn't that interesting? 
Okay. Um, they yeah, use, they use just a just a table that stays at the same level. So I was mm, I was kind of yeah. kind of um, oh, that, happy I mean, about that, you know. Yeah, I mean we we do have those over here as well, and we do see those um, often the the tables without any hydraulics underneath. But um, you know the the amount of hydraulic tables that we and beds that we do have over here you know all, they're all through the hospitals as well uh-huh. and one of the ironic things is that they they were really one of the main reasons they were brought in was for uh, to help uh, to assist in the health and safety of of the operators so the operators didn't have to bend down and um you know, constantly up and down to, to treat people to keep um, their backs healthy. Yeah, or so, sorry, so uh-huh. they could adjust uh-huh. adjust the bed to their particular height of the person that's giving the treatment. So they were brought brought in for health and safety reasons, and and yet it's had that sort of a that sort of consequences. Um, and I was thinking about how that sort of when when two things go together, they they become sort of indelible. Um, Justine, to be you know taking care of yourself and have something so terrible happen, it's it's hard to get those apart, even though they are. It was a pure accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was that a struggle for you to kind of get your own self care disconnected um, from the accident, or not it, so much? <sighs> Oh, it, it it um you know you go through certain guilt when things like this happen you know if you know and the if onlys if only this and if only that but um at the end of the day you know um I wasn't the one operating the table I think and that's made it easier for me in a way because. Um, you know, the person operating the table was the person responsible for checking that everything was safe. And, you know, and we had no idea that that underneath was so, you know, that there was nothing, no safety measures for um, how it operates underneath. So, um, but still, yes, extremely, extremely difficult. And, um, you know, you do have a lot to process in your mind. Sure, um, and as, I think with, one, as with most grief, actually, but I imagine yeah, a little yeah, more that, intensively. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah, way more intense. And, and I still, you know, I had a double whammy at the same time because I had mum who lived five hours away, who was in the last days of her journey with terminal cancer. So, mm. um, you know, we lost Sophie, and then two months later, we lost mum, and. Um, you know, that was, you know, I, you know, my grief was all, you know, all over the place because, you know, I was trying to deal with the loss of Sophie, but then I knew that, you know, the loss of mum was not too far away. So I feel very privileged though that I got to spend a lot of time with mum after I lost Sophie. And then, um, but my grief, I think about six months after mum died, I finally grieved for mum because you know, I was in intense grief for Sophie at that point in time. It would be hard to take the two apart, I would imagine. Yeah, very, very difficult. Very interlaced. Mm, that's right. And Brendan, you know, obviously terrible to be there, but I, I also thought watching terrible to not be there as well. How, um, um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I had been... I had been to Justine on occasions with um, 
with some of those appointments, uh, you know, to look after the kids. Um, I was at, at that time because we were you were preparing to, I guess in a way we were preparing to get ready for Justine's mother's passing away and, you know, we realised that I would need some time off of work so I was doing extra hours at work in the mm. knowledge that, in the knowledge that, um, uh, th- th- we would probably have a likely funeral in the next couple months. Um, so you were so sort of sort of banking some hours then, huh? That's mm-hmm. what I was doing extra hours at work, and it's one of those things. You know, if I if I'd been there too, things would most likely would have been different. Um, j- just on that, probably only it was only a few weeks before Sophie died. We all, you know, us as a family, we all travelled to Adelaide, which is about one hour away from where we are. And we, we were, I guess, preparing, uh, as I said, for, for, Ju- uh, for Justine's mothers to, uh, to pass away. And we went and bought, my, uh, bought myself a, a suit to wear at the funeral. Mm. And, um, and obviously we were there, I was there trying on the suit and, and Regan and Sophie were there, you know, hiding in amongst the clothes and doing all the things that kids do and, and, you know, little did I know that the the suit that I was buying for a funeral um, was for Sophie's funeral and here she was just, you know, running around me right at that very moment. And, you know, at that time I just, you know, that was the last thing that you would have ever thought of. Um, The very last, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, uh, my grandson is about that age and, He's always hiding in and under things, and you know it's a very natural thing to that age. And so I was thinking about that as I was watching as well. You know, you 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 did. I I appreciated your honesty that it was hard on your relationship, but clearly you um, have continued and and uh, had another child since then. And I wonder if there's. You know, I asked. Um, a guest who had lost a child, how she and her husband had stayed together. And she said, she thought for a minute, she said, we're very stubborn, <laughs> which was a kind of a, a funny answer. But I wondered, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wondered what you would say. And, and let's, uh, let's talk about that. Um, I think we're stubborn as well. Probably Justine's a little bit more stubborn than me, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm as very long determined. as you have one, huh? Yeah, yeah, You're uh, a very determined person. Very determined, yes. And I think so, we both are. I think we both are. Um, you like yeah. determined better than stubborn, huh? <laughs> I didn't yeah, come sure. up with the word. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I just was wondering what, what helped that because – of course, so natural to second guess and, you know, both of you in various ways and um, obviously as a, as a grief counselor, I've seen grief come out all kinds of ways between couples, but somehow you kept uh, coming back to each other. Do, do you have um, any idea how you were able to? Uh, well, it is determined. Well, for me, it's determination, and um, and very important to um, you know. We had Regan, and and you know, it's. I just felt you know, Regan, you know, needs a strong family. Um, he's got to witness you know the real ups and downs of life, and um, you know, we've been very you know, we just want 
you know, to keep our family together, to keep talking. You know, yes, there have been moments where it's been really hard and you, you, you're going, that's enough, I can't do it anymore. But, you know, you just um, I keep trying and, um, and it, you know, it, it can work. You've just got to put, a, you know, a lot of time and a lot of effort into it. And I think with with uh, with Regan, that's right. At, at, in the early days, he was you know probably one of the main reasons we could keep going because although it was, was very difficult in a time when we you know you didn't want to get out of bed every every morning, the days keep coming whether you like them or not, but you just wanted to go to sleep and not wake up, and yet every morning, this little four year old would jump on your bed, um, mm. and he'd he'd still want to play, and because that was one of the hard things too because. You know, we were a lot. A large uh, part of his day was spent with Sophie, mm-hmm. uh, and he would focus on her. So s- suddenly, his focus turned back onto us um, rather than Sophie. It was it was us that he wanted to play with a lot of the time. It was it was us that he wanted to chase around instead of Sophie. And so that was so at, at a time when we felt the opposite. We it was very hard to do those sort of things, but um, there was really. Uh, no, no choice there, and that was one of the difficult things. Um, we we're trying to deal so much with our own emotions, let alone uh, to be there for Regan. But he sort of forced us to keep going. Um, so, I mean, that was that was very difficult. And and I can also imagine um, maybe I'm I'm superimposing this because of my experience with my two and a half year old when my wife died. But it's sort of uh, the way I've put it to myself is development stops for no grief. Uh, you know, kids oh, just yeah. yeah, kids just keep on keeping keeping on. Not that they're unaffected whatsoever, but they're they're yeah. right in the the moment. So I can imagine there might have been moments where that was also. I think helpful is going too far, but um, had impact. I know she had a lot of impact uh, on me because she kept me very grounded in the present as well as uh, thinking about my loss. Yeah. Mm. I think, well, I think, you know, Regan was probably a a large part of the reason why, um, you know, we're still together too because he, in a way, he kept us, Justine, Mm, he, he kept us together because he's a, he's a, just a little boy that he needs he's been through enough himself he saw what he was in the room when that happened to Sophie um he lost his little sister he he doesn't need he doesn't need his family to to fall apart as well no no mm. and we and we're very determined for that not to happen so yeah so that's why we both had counseling you know we um talked a lot um you know yes we did have moments where we were you know, where it was a struggle, but we just kept going. Well, before this break, I want to say the other word I'm thinking of when when I think of your your experience is commitment. Uh, I hear very strong commitment because that means <laughs> doing the hard stuff too. Yes, yes. So, Kath, when we when we get back uh, on from the break on. And that score, I'd like to talk a little bit with you about how you picked what to share and not to share, because it's a very intimate um, film in a short amount of time. So I want to hear a little bit about that when we come back. Sure. Uh, 
Time for our second break. You can find me at www.weatheringgrief.com or at the Voice America page. And you can find Remembering Sophie on Facebook. Back after the break. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back to Good Grief. I've been talking with Brendan and Justin Schultz, whose daughter is the subject of the film Remembering Sophie, and Kath McIntyre, the filmmaker. And Kath, before the break, I I had said I'd like to speak with you about how you chose what to include, because as I said, it was just so intimate, uh, the film, while also having, um, you know, a... Um, a real message in terms of this particular um, loss, this particular danger. It was also really an intimate portrait of um, Brendan and Justine's family. Um, So how was it to make that film? Well, Justine and Brendan were amazing to start with. Um, You know, we did have to build trust, um, but they never said no to anything really. Um, they were very, very generous with the intention of helping other people and to and to get the message out about these beds. So, uh, first off, um, you know, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of kudos to them for doing this. Mm. Um, now, so in a documentary, you'll generally shoot, you know, maybe fifty times more footage than what you'll use in the film. It was a it ended up being a 37 or so minute film. We probably shot close to 30 hours that we had to edit down. Um, well aware, so, my daughter's a filmmaker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're in the edit suite for a long. So we had a lot of footage and a lot yes. of interview and a lot of um, a lot of different ways that we could take the story. We had the kind of linear story of the coronial inquest, which we followed. We weren't allowed to film in the court itself because of confidentiality reasons of the other witnesses, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had that as the kind of um, 
you know, one of the spines of the story. Absolutely. But uh, the four themes that came out of the film, it's like we, we filmed for a year. Uh, you know, we filmed a lot and often and built trust and, and got to know each other very, very well. And I got to understand um, Brendan and Justine's family and, and their two boys who were amazing. And Sophie, we talked about all the time, which was, which was just great and amazing. Um, the four themes that started to come out were uh, relationships, of course, you know, and which is just what we were talking about before the break. Absolutely. Uh, sibling grief, uh, because um, uh, Regan was there when Sophie had her accident and Regan, uh, you know, had lost his little sister. And, and I hadn't seen a film or I, I, I wasn't around a lot of content or articles or, or conversation around sibling grief. So that was something that was, that was really happening and I found very, you know, I think that people would, found, would have found very interesting. So there was sibling grief, there was relationships. There was also the way that Justine and Brendan naturally continued the bonds with Sophie. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned before, Cheryl, she was, she, in the film she's very much you know, a part of the film, you really get a, to get to understand the type of little girl Sophie was. So it was continuing those bonds with Sophie as well, which the family just do naturally, I, I thought was, was, you know, totally amazing. And, and I thought, and I know from my grief counselling, that continuing the bonds with your loved one does help the grief journey. So that's something that I really believe in personally and wanted to really follow that story of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and, and does that apply to things you've done with your own losses of your parents? Yeah, uh, keeping them definitely. alive with most you? Definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. that came pretty naturally to you to focus on that too. Yeah, because I knew the, I, well, I knew the therapeutic and personal and emotional benefits of doing that because I had, I, I still do it with my parents. Of course. Um, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I still do it very, with everyone I've lost. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, that really, uh, you know, I really emotionally resonated with that because a film, as a filmmaker, you have to find something that you emotionally resonate in the film. Um, so it is something that you want to say to the world, but also uh, always be respectful of the story that you are following and, and the personal lives and personal values of the people whose story you are telling. So I was always considering that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were the kind of themes in the film. Um, so we got in the edit suite and we just, uh, you know, edited actually from, we were editing on and off for months um, and coming back and getting little bits and pieces that we needed. Um, but basically I would say that Justine and Brendan were there, were so honest with their story that it was an, a very easy story to tell. It was at all times from their perspective, their story, and I just followed it. And uh, it takes more than following it, of course, because it, it, it uh, yeah. I just, you know, I know from watching yeah. this, it's um, you have to, um, maybe it helps a lot that, 
that you kind of naturally have an affinity with each other uh, around how you choose to incorporate um, the people you've lost into your current life, um, which I, I, th- I think it's quite hard to refrain from that myself, but I know a lot of people are, you know, told to say goodbye and kind of cut off. Um, I've never been yeah. capable of it, but uh, it must help to have that in common, that kind of let's let's really talk about Sophie and and who she is to us and um yeah it did it did so we were we were very much coming from the same place um yes i'm not i'm not sure exactly how long the film has been out but i'm wondering if you've had any sense of the impact on the things that were important for you um all three of you in terms of um raising awareness uh increasing the level of safety with this particular danger and and also just the way in which the film might have touched other people who've had losses uh of their of children in particular we've had uh we've had quite a so the film's only been out uh we released it on red nose day in australia which is the end of june uh, what so what is that? Out. Red Nose Day. Red Nose Day. Red Nose Day is uh, a day where it's to support a not-for-profit organisation here that deals with grief called oh. Sids and Kids, and we have a national they they have a national fundraiser every year called Red Nose Day where people can buy little plastic red noses that they either personally wear or it's a big red nose that they put on their car or so it's a big it, it's a it's a it's it's a fundraising uh, annual event uh, to raise money for this uh, fantastic not for profit called Sids and Kids. That's in Australia. That and Sids and Kids work with um, uh, around uh, child uh, uh, death and grief up to children to about eight years old. So they have all kinds of um, uh, facilities for grieving parents or grieving grandparents or grieving whoever uh, around children. So a lot of support services? Yeah, yeah. They've got a head office in each state in Australia um, and they do, you know, fantastic work. Well, that was good timing then. And and I, I would imagine, just because of what I know about um, similar organisations in the US, that when you put out a film like this, um, it it sort of draws people who've who've had anything remotely similar in their own experiences. Have you have any have any of you already uh, been um, communicated with around commonality and um, you know people wanting to talk? Because I know that happens to many people I interview uh, once they're public. Yeah, I. Um, uh I know that uh, some people from my work have, have watched the movie recently and there was a, uh, a, a person that lost her husband uh, only a few months ago and, and she uh, made a nice comment to me that it has helped her as well uh, just uh, with her uh, through in, in her grieving process. Mm. So I think in general all, uh, it's, it's only been positive comments that we've had from all of our family and friends and, and anyone that's 
that's seen even just the trailer of the film um, or know or not knows about what we've been doing. Um, so from that point of view, from our side of things, it's um, and that's and that's really encouraging because there's, there was times going through the film where we'd sometimes ask us ourselves again. We probably, Kath, we probably haven't even told you this, but um, <laughs> is we're just uh, thinking, uh, you know, are we are we doing the right thing? Should you know, should we should we be doing this? Um, but at the end of it, um, when it's when you get comments like that. Um, it just um, it sort of just yeah just reinforces you know the thoughts that you, yes you have done a good thing and have done the right thing. And I think so. It's a, it'll be a good resource for our two boys when they're adults to have Absolutely. a copy of, have a copy of the film and to see mum and dad talking about what was happening and what was you know how we were feeling and how we got through it. And I think that will give them a um, a greater understanding when when you know when they're ready to um, look at it from an adult perspective absolutely because because our experiences change over time you won't be Mm. in that same place when they're adults (laughs) so that's right it's a record isn't it yes that's right and i I think too you know i had a a very good counselor that i saw down in adelaide and and justine saw another counselor but uh, for us too the film and kath was almost a third type of counselling mm. uh, because it gave us an opportunity to talk about what happened and how we were feeling. And as you would know, Cheryl, in general conversations you have with people, you don't get those opportunities very often in normal day-to-day life. Usually not um, often enough, unless you're me. That, and- <laughs> oh, that's, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, that was a real benefit, uh, we, we feel as well. Mm. When we when we were conceiving, you know, when the idea around the film was always this is a film for for anyone who has uh, lost a loved one, uh, or anyone who has ever known anyone who has lost a loved one and didn't know what to say. Yes. Because we talk a lot in the film about, um, you know, society like Brendan was talking about before. People don't want to upset them, so they don't bring up Sophie's name. Well, they're thrilled when people talk about Sophie, of course. Uh, of course, yes. Yeah. So, you know, we've all, we've all known people that have, uh, have lost their loved ones and didn't know what to say. Well, this film will help you uh, feel a little bit easier about it's okay to talk about them and you don't have to fix the situation, but you, you can still talk about the, the, the person that has died. You know, and also, oh, sorry. Kat. Go ahead, Brendan. Oh, and also, uh, just to let people know that um, uh, that that you'll be okay. I think one of the mm. things, especially, I found uh, in the early months after Sophie died was, you know, we were how old when Sophie died? I was uh, thirty. Well, no. 39, 40. Um, no, 30, 38. 38. Yeah, 38. And you go for 38 years of your life and, and yet the, the, the feelings of grief you experience when you lose a child is just feelings that you've never, ever felt in life before, mm-hmm. feelings you never even knew existed, um, you know, so suddenly faced with you know, not wanting to, you know, get up the next day and, you know, you just can't see any light at the end of the t- tunnel. It's, uh, you know, we've lost uh, 
loved ones before um, or myself. I've mainly grandparents, and there you know there's general sadness, but the you know losing a child is just so far removed from any of um, the grief feelings that you would normally experience, and it's just constant. It's day after day after day, and you just you're just wondering if there's ever any light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yes, yes. And it, it really is just such a process, it, it, uh, and and you only understand it when you're, you're there and you're experiencing it. Um, and to let you know, to give people hope that you know they can get through it, um, because there's a time you know it, it almost feels like a child is a part of you. So when they die, it's almost like. A part of you has died, or a part of you has died. Absolutely. Uh, and it's it's about it's about I guess getting yourself back on trying trying to you know, get back on track and and you know live that life that you still have to live. Um, so that's, I think that was that's such yeah. a, a beautiful last thought. And also, I'm just very aware that you've also created this documentary to hopefully bring some awareness and maybe some um, changes of, of um, protocol with these tables. And it may be a little early for that to have impacted, but I, I hope the best for you, you on that as well. Thank you. I, I want to thank the three of you very much for, for being with me today. It's, it's been a very good conversation. I appreciate all that you've shared with me. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. Thank you very much. And listeners, you can find a link to the film at the Remembering Sophie Facebook page. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.